0: I want to take a moment, a few minutes here to um, talk about the uh, Georgia Guidestones. How many of you are familiar with them? They existed. Do you know what the Georgia Guidestones are? Um, <clears throat> it was a monument that's that erected, was erected in Georgia, in uh, Elbert County, Georgia. In uh, 1980, I think, and um, I learned about these a while back. I remember talking about it because it's um, it was very uh, obscure about how it even got put up, who put it up. It's hard to get who raised money to put it up. Um, it's it's relatively mysterious. My mic seems a little bit hot. And um, on on these guide stones in quite a few different languages, um, it's, let's see if I can find the list of languages. I, I don't see that right now. It's, I've got it in here in this article someplace. Uh, oh no, Here, right here it is. Um, it was in English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian. That's, that's how many languages this was written out in. And um, it, it, yeah, it's, it grieved me from the moment I heard about it. It's one of those things that it grieves me deeply that it's on our, in our nation, on our land. Uh, number one, maintain humanity under 500 million people. There are presently 7.96 billion people on the planet. So you do the math. How many people need to go away to get down to that? A, A lot of people have to be eliminated to get down to that. There were different theories about why the people that put it together, put it up, in case there was a catastrophic event, it'd be here, here's some guides to, if you're gonna reestablish the the planet. All of that is very grieves, grievous to us because we have the prophetic word, we have God's plan, though we spend a lot of time trying to figure out what his plan is and how, how these days are going to wrap up, wind up, come to a culmination. Uh, we, we know that we'll not be left alone, that that will never happen. So they go on. Let me read these. At face value, they look like, oh, that's okay, you know, but it's actually all of them are horrible. The second one is to guide reproduction wisely. Um, improving fitness and diversity. That, that sounds nice, but who's going to guide reproduction? I was, just, I was listening to another. Um, um, it was from Rumble. And uh, there was a, a shot. I, w- I wanted to review it, and I, I didn't get back to it, um, review it. But the push to create infertility is very high. And a lot of my research and information that I got about this quote unquote vaccine, it wasn't a vaccine, but the death jab, whatever, it's more appropriate. Um, if you live through that, you're very fortunate. That's what I have to say. There were so many different formulas that were used, not just the different companies, but I really have issues with it. And the numbers of people that actually died from that shot alone, it's very obscure, it's very big number. And that, that, those things are coming out. These pharmaceutical companies are facing major lawsuits, all of them. They, they, they bank on this, all of them, and all of our uh, government officials that have been doing these horrendous things, that it takes a long time for justice to be served, for a lawsuit to come into fruition. And they, they count on that, because the wheels of justice are slow. That's a good thing but they, they play the gamble game on it that they can get away with something and they can get way down the road before it catches up to them. And uh, there were infertility issues with this vaccine, big time. In the studies, they knew that if you were a man, you had the vaccine, you were not allowed to be anywhere near a pregnant woman. That it was, that's in the studies, that's in the studies that are coming out from Pfizer. They didn't want to disclose this information for 75 years. What kind of anybody even asked for something so insane? They didn't want to reveal what was actually in it. And it never was FDA approved. You understand that? That was only announced. They had 14 days to comply. And uh, one of the whistleblowers from Pfizer, her name was Karen Kingston, her comment on Stu Stu Peter's show, right out of the gate, right on the next day, she went, checkmate. She knows what it takes to prepare to roll out a new drug. She knows the documentation you have to have. She knows the amount of research and st- all these studies that you have to do. She goes, they haven't done any. They don't have any of that. And the trials they started, the, the te- they, they screwed them up on purpose themselves. They would mess up the, the control group so, that it, so none of the things could be published. In that, people... You know, younger people were definitely affected in the pre- reproductive wise. Um, it, it, they were affected by it drastically. There's also has been in place another. That's why he said I wish I could remember another. Uh, uh, they found out something that will cause a woman to abort very, very quickly. So early that they don't realize recognize what's going on. And it was, it was, again, it was a shot. It was a vaccine that they were given. They found something that worked. Like, there's no way ab- that I don't believe that they did that intentionally, especially was used in Africa. And this goes back for years. This isn't a new thing. They've been working hard at reducing the population. Unite humanity with a living new language. Who's gonna choose that language? Rule, rule, rule these three things passion, faith, and tradition, and, and all things with tempered reason. Okay, who's going to decide that? Project people and nations with fair laws and just courts. We have a constitution. The same people don't seem to like it, right? So true. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. That could get interesting. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. That one I almost might agree with. Especially the useless officials. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize, truth, beauty, and love, seeking harmony with the infinite. What infinite? I have an infinite, but is it the same infinite that you have? And what's interesting, every time God talks about himself, he's, he's defined. Is the God of... Jacob of Isaac, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? Always, it's, you go, why does he always say that? Because he wants to be extremely clearly identified this is the God I am of the other gods, real or unreal. He always identifies himself, and it's important. The genealogies that we hate reading through in our Bible, they're important. They establish lineage and last not be not a cancer on the earth leave room for nature leave room for nature that's twice leave room for nature this was was on those guide stones this week july 6 7 6 that was a significant number one of the stones got blown up and i believe it was within hours the whole thing was taken down now when that happened, my heart rejoiced. Like, I don't know how that works. Somebody, the good guys did that because the new world order, they would never tear those stones down. That this is their credence. This is their call. And um, I went back and, and even in Genesis, interesting, the mandate for us is not to control the population for the believers. Then God blessed them, Genesis 1, 28, and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. The reality is there's plenty of room on this planet. We have plenty of resources. We're only only tapping into. The only thing that creates the hunger, the starvation is government control. People manipulating things that keeps, thing, keeps things from them. Messing with the economy, always controlling that. Like that, that is all, that's fabricated. The food shortage that we keep hearing rumors about that may come in this year. I don't know whether it will or it won't. You should always have enough to get by for a couple weeks at least. That's, that's just common sense. But it's, they're fabricating, they're pushing it. And the rumors of them going out—somebody is going to farmers and offering them big amounts of money to destroy crops. That's insanity, but it's been going on for the last few years. So this thing is in operation. But but the Patriots are in control as far, and God is not done with us. People ask me about end time, the end times, like, "Oh, it really looks like." I'm like, I don't. Not yet. We're not there yet. There's, there's too many people that still need to know Jesus. There's too much to do. Too many prophetic words that need to be fulfilled. It's, this isn't that time. I'm ready, but this isn't that time. There's, there's more. There's prophetic things. There are things that need to happen. So that's where I place my hope. That happened this week and a lot of other things from that point of that Supreme Court ruling in, um, um, of the Roe versus Wade um, Johnny Enlow said it best. He said, the Supreme Court got emancipated. Is that the right word? They got set free. And you see the rulings, all of a sudden they start firing out, bam, bam, bam. It's like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, where'd that come from? We all had given up hope on them. I know, I, I know I shared about that a little bit. Good things are coming. Good things are happening. And, uh, this evil is is going to end this present evil this present thing it'll always probably be there be in the in the shadows but um don't give up hope there's there's good things to come so i'm like wow those came down i'm like oh my gosh um i i i personally i, I had these thoughts i wish someone would destroy that and this isn't about destroying people i just wish somebody blow and I, Call up on an F. 16 and just have them drop a bomb on this. I hate this thing in our country, on our land, and it is gone. So, wow. Some of the things that we, we dare to pray and believe for, like don't lose heart, it's amazing what God uh, is going to do, and answers prayers that get answered in time, in, in, in season. I, um, Mary referred to a book that caught my attention one night of prayer a few weeks ago, and it's by Jennifer LeClaire. Phyllis began to talk about it. Tongues of Fire, 101 Supernatural Benefits of Praying in the Holy Spirit. And it just like, it was one of those things, like I just had a yes to buy that, get that book. And so I get it and just immediately just starts speaking to me. And uh, it it has inspired like my whole last week of um, the comfort text And you can sign up for those if you don't get them every morning. Um, Lacey and Summer both publish those. um, One's by text, one's by Instagram. And um, I'm looking for mine right now, and it is. And so this past week, starting on, um, would have been the fifth, the first scripture that, let me ask this. This was uh, Luke 11, 11 through 13. Do you know of any father who would give his son a snake or a plate when he asked or snake on a plate when he asked for a serving of fish of course not do you know of any father who would give his daughter a spider when she had to ask for an egg of course not if imperfect parents know how to to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need how much more With a perfect heavenly father, give the Holy Spirit fullness when his children ask him. And then the next day, the scripture I use with June June 20, but you, my delightfully loved friends constantly and progressively build yourselves up on your foundation, on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit, fasten your hearts to the love of God and receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give us eternal life. Uh, The next day. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. So don't get stuck on your weakness. Just go, yeah, it said I had it. Like, okay, I qualify. I've got weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray. True. But once I got my prayer language, that was no longer a problem. I'd come up against that wall and bang, I just would begin to pray in the Spirit. And though my mind was unfruitful to understand what I was praying, my heart was satisfied that there was an expression that the Lord was giving me to pray in the Spirit. Maybe in English we should pray a little, a phrase, and then kick into the Holy Spirit. It's like, flawless, perfect. Because me, I'm praying my opinions and my attitudes and my fears and my junk, you know. A little bit of that, like David did that, but he always wound up good, huh? And so, you know, when you, when you come up and you begin something, and you, you have a hard cry for the nation. You, you speak it out to the Lord, and then you start to pray in the Spirit. Never, if I'm stuck on any natural problem or dealing with something or building something, I pray in the Spirit all the time. I just start praying in the Spirit. And, and I, I move forward. He takes and empowers us. We don't know how to pray or know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us super, to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional signs too deep for words. So the next time you think to ask somebody to pray for you, I'm going to, up that. That's a good thing, but the best thing is to understand that the Holy Spirit is praying for you, interceding for you. Pray in the Spirit. You want to pray for yourself and your needs and direction and all the things? Pray in the Spirit, because the Spirit through you is praying exactly what the Father would want for you. God, the researcher of our heart, this is Romans 8, The searcher of our heart, rather, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Amen. Perfectly with God's plans and our destiny. The Holy Spirit's, like, dialed in on that. There's a blueprint for your life. There's a blueprint for your life. Your task is to discover that or to ask the Holy Spirit to bring that blueprint and fulfill it because that's the perfect will of God for you. You can deviate, you can, you know, there's plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. Some of you are like pretty far down the alphabet on your plans, huh? But when you Trust the Spirit and you release the Spirit within you if you've received that baptism of the Spirit. You can trust He's praying the perfect will and just hold that up without your understanding because you're like, oh, uh, how am I going to get there? How does this get worked into my life? How does that get like, oh, I'm too timid. I'm too this. I'm not smart enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not a good enough leader to fulfill that word. Bring those things and don't lean on your understanding your own understanding or your own strength, and begin to pray in the spirit. It's so basic, so logical. Like, of course, we're all doing it. <laughs> I don't know why. Why do we stop? Why don't we more? What did the apostle Paul said? I pray in tongues more than all of you. Like I got y'all beat. I know the mo- I know the most. I'm writing the Bible. And I pray like crazy in the Spirit. Huh. You might have something there, Paul. Maybe I should emulate that instead of constantly looking at my own ability to do something. Talking yourself through things. Trying to motivate yourself. Pray in the Spirit and trust. Things are happening. That's what this book introduces and immediately stirs up faith. It's like hearing testimonies of healings. Yeah? Like, hey, you, you're, that, that in itself is so powerful to hear the testimony, to hear the stories. I want to read some things that I highlighted. Like I said, I opened the book and bang, 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 bang. I about ran out of a highlighter on, on this. It begins with this woman, Shirley Jennifer LeClaire. She gets a word from the Lord about a 90-day like a type of fast of praying in tongues for 90 days. Here's what she got. Pray in my spirit and I will do a work on the inside of you that will birth miracles in you and miracles through you. Okay. I'm in. What other invitation do you need into it? Pray in the spirit. That is the master key that so many of my children are missing. We're reading books, we go to conferences, we're, you know, self-improving and doing all the things that we do. God bless our little hearts. Here's the, the key, is right in your pocket. Right in your heart. It's there. Just release it, exercise it. That is the master key that so many of my children are missing. For they read the word, read the word, read the word, read the word, which does so much good in their soul. It's true. It's true. Power we make declarations that the word won't return. All that always, I'm always uh, uh, quoting and reading out of Psalms, Isaiah 55, about the word of the Lord. It doesn't come to the earth without returning. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not void. It it accomplishes the purpose for which it's sent. But when they begin to pray in the Spirit in conjunction with reading the Word, a revival begins to break out in their heart that spills over into their words, into their cities and churches, and the lost begin to take notice. To the degree that I have vision for, the lost... Ain't got no time for us. That was an amen. I agree. You have to be attractive. There has to be something that attracts the lost. If you look lost too, they're like, I'm not following you. I'm already lost. I don't need need more lostness. I don't need more entanglement. I don't need more failure. I don't need more stuff. They're staying away from us and stay away from church because all they see whether it's true or not all they see is more rules, more things I can't add up to I'm just going to avoid the whole thing yeah because it's tormenting to the soul to try and fail it is it's hard it keeps us from doing a lot of things not not that we can probably do you know the fear that we it's it's that fear that it won't work like that will fail in it. And that fear keeps you from trying. It keeps you from stepping out. If we all followed our fear, what, where would we be today? Do you not have fear of anything, whatever? He said this morning before he you know, played because I'm nervous, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we still get nervous. Why? I don't know. It's family. Why would you get nervous? Why would you feel, you know, self-conscious? But, but it does. But if you obeyed that every time it came, who would be doing anything? Brandon Lake in one of his songs in one of the last albums that he did that was a live worship, he, he, did, he did that first song. I keep forgetting the name of that particular album. But anyways, he gets done with the live song. It's live and, and the first song. And he goes, he goes, there, got my jitters out. <laughs> and you're like, Hot dog. He even even has that feeling when he begins. Then he's good and he goes, you know? I'm supercharging you even now as you pray in the Spirit, so do not delay by putting off this vital aspect of your life in Christ any longer. But begin to walk like he walked as you talk like he talked and think like he thinks and pray what he prayed, going off to secret places early in the morning, waiting on me for direction, only doing what he saw me do. Do it my way. I won't do it your way. Did y'all catch that? Do it my way. I, I won't do it your way. Like, huh. I have a four-year-old grandson. Four-year-olds today. Four years old today. And he—he he likes. I'm gonna call President Trump and see if he needs someone else to be in charge of something because he, yeah, he wants to stop traffic. He wants to be in charge, especially of the adults in his life. Sorry, no matter where he's at, he wants to tell you, "You're in line. Get out of line. Move here. Get out of my." You know? Is wow. I go whoa. And sometimes as you go. Take it easy, Todd. You know, take it easy, little guy. You're like, let the adults run the country. You just stick with your, you know, your toys. But we're like that with God. We get so convinced we know what we need. We know what needs to happen. We know what somebody else needs to be doing. How they need to be handling something. Right? We're, we've got opinions up to the, you know, here. We're convinced. And the Lord Lord, he just steps in like big papa and says, I'm not doing it your way. You do it my way. I'm not doing it your way. I love that phrase. But I'll help you do it my way. Grace. I have a life of power, of prophetic wonder for you. So stand firm in my promises and do not budge from the place that I called you to stand and pray in the spirit and speak the word only and watch what happens when you combine combine this with that, the word with the spirit. Watch the revival that breaks out in your heart and in your mind, in your soul, in your emotions, every bit of you, you will begin to burn and shine for me and the world will stand up and take notice. Over the next 90 days, if you will commit yourself to praying in the spirit full on, I will do miracles on the inside of you, and I will even change circumstances on the outside. If you'll just pray in the spirit, you'll see that some of those circumstances on the outside won't bother you on the inside, and some of those things on the inside will have to come out and go to the outside because they don't belong in you. Yeah, probably have some of that stuff too. What's that doing in there? That, you know, stubbornness, that whatever. Isn't it funny we start to brag about some of those things in our life? Well, I'm stubborn. I wonder if, if someone close to you, a friend, could just, in lovingly, in the most lovingly way, say, "Are you? Do you think that's a good thing?" Just asking. Like you're stubborn. Like do you, you want a prayer for that? Because. <laughs> It doesn't work out too good in most of life. Being st- it means you're not very correctable and don't mess with my, you know, don't move my cheese and, you know, all that thing. And if you'll let me mortify that inner life, that part that is warring against my spirit, how many of you like to be totally, totally free? Like, sometimes we give up. Like, I'm in the way, I'm in the way. Wouldn't you like to just be free from me? Free from that thing that hinders you to just not to move? Like that's freedom to be able to move this, the moment the spirit presses you, that you recognize him and you're just like, go, he says, Hey, go, pray, go, go talk to that guy over there. I'm on, I'm on my way that you you're like, whatever. I'm not thinking I'm just following. I'm doing what you say to do opposed to, ah, he might reject me. Oh, it might not go well. Um, it's not a good neighborhood. to obey, to move, to go, to be free to do that. You will see new life spring forth 90 days to a better you. So uh, some of the testimonies that just came to her, back to her right away, she began to do this. Darlene wrote, I've, I've noticed that since I've been praying in tongues, fear is vanishing. Uh, that's a good thing. I'm strengthening my mind, body, and soul. Margaret wrote in about a stunning manifestation. I have noticed an increase in divine appointments, seeing people I know, prayer burdens, divine intervention. And I have also received an increase in prophetic messages from God. Okay, good. We're cooking with gas now. It's the stuff we want. I know immediately, I mean, I just opened this book, started reading, and I'm like, yes, why am I not praying the spirit more? Like, that I need. And so I, I just moved. I just did. I started that night as I went to bed, I just consciously prayed in the spirit more than what I normally do. And, and the next morning, as soon as I woke up, like first I started praying in the spirit, just giving utterance to, to that. And as I walked around and got something to drink and made my breakfast and whatever, like, why do I need to think about all the things I normally think about praying the spirit? You can, you can function. You can do things. The author of this book says, I just find places and ways to pray in the Spirit. As a matter of fact, it's kind of good if your body's actually busy doing something, not something you have to necessarily concentrate on, but the, the mundane, the normal things, the ordinary things. You can pray in the Spirit like that. You worry during that time. Why not pray in the Spirit? We do other things in that time. Why not pray in the Spirit in that time? And so... I just immediately moved towards this. And that day, I like, I was amazed at how things came together the whole day. I, I I just, I, I just specifically felt go here and not there, go do this first, then do that. It's like, that's stupid, but I felt it. And I just followed that all day. And bang, I have this great conversation with this woman that runs a feed store in Hanoverton, like we go into the cancer thing and I'm, I'm like, I'll get you information. Like, like that one doesn't normally happen. You know, it's like, had that, I drive down the road, there's Kurt standing on the corner at Pam's store. Stop. We have a great conversation. It just all day. And I'm like, wow, just praying on the spirit a little bit, just opened up the connections. That's what makes your day really good. Isn't it? When, when you just saw, you just know the Lord's hand moved you through the day. You're like, Wow, that was different. That was great. That was amazing. It's the best thing of all the things we seek after. It's the best thing feeling and knowing that connection of being you being in the right place, at the right time, having words and just it's not like it's not rocket science. it's just being you with what's in you, not striving but but the flow, the flow that that's huge, and this is what releases that and opens that up. She talks about multitasking. When, when she prays, she can do other things. She writes, uh, highlighted this, praying in tongues brings personal transformation, builds our capacity for God, and so, so much more. We may not always discern that it was our tongue's prayer that brought the breakthrough because we can't always understand our tongue's prayer, right? We often have no idea what we're praying. So maybe someone just needs to say, it's okay. Like I pray in the spirit, but I feel disconnected from it. I've had that feeling like it's okay. It's, you're not praying with your mind. Are you okay with that? We're like, I gotta know, gotta be on top of things. Just let it go and trust. When you first begin to pray in the spirit after you've been prayed for to receive, you feel like a blaming idiot, like a blooming idiot, like some kind of idiot. <laughs> you do. Like, oh, I'm, this is this is dumb. What am I doing? I'm I'm babbling. I mean, after all these years, there's times when that voice creeps up. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Don't talk to me. I know better, but it, it feels like foolishness because our 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 carnal man likes logic, scientific proof, like prove to me, show me. I believe we pray prayers in tongue that we wouldn't dare pray in English, such as Lord crucify my flesh. That, like, again, yeah, no, I don't, that's not the first thing on my... Yeah. Good morning, Lord. Crucify my flesh today. Like, no, I, no. <laughs> I'm not that brave. What if we develop the habit, the discipline of praying in the Spirit, tongues daily? Understand this. Being filled with the Spirit is a completely opposite experience than being possessed by a demon. We're like, well, that's not, that's, of course, Rick. But honestly, think about it. When the, when the enemy, when the devil, when the demonic move into a person, they're under that control, right? They're under that control. But when the Lord comes, he never controls us. We, we want that, but you have to understand it's not how he functions. He doesn't control you. He gives you a gift And then it's up to you to manifest that or not. That's a big deal. And and you need to come to terms with that. There's always this choice. The Lord always gives you choice. Participate or don't. You want to go sit in a corner and pout? He doesn't stop you. You'll feel that you're quenching the spirit, but he doesn't stop you. (laughs) You'll feel the absence in time, like Lord, where are you? Oh, I'm I'm back over there. I'm not here in this counter or this corner where you're pouting and feeling sorry for yourself. And and so, it's important for us to understand, like you choose these things, and you constantly have to choose them, because true love can be cannot be manifest. There's it cannot exist if there's control. And manipulation—that's what kills marriages, right? When love isn't free anymore, when you can't love freely, love and be loved, it doesn't exist. It gets pushed right out. Develop a, a discipline, a tongue. In other words, it's something you choose to. You practice it, like you practice tennis, you practice your guitar, you practice things, practice praying in tongues praying in the spirit when we consistently release our our prayer tongues yeah what is everything's possible in another section faith doesn't beg faith believes and receives that's important peter offered these words in acts 238 repent let every one of you be baptized in the name of the holy spirit for the remissions of sin and you shall receive the gift of the holy spirit in another section, it says, your perfection is not prerequisite. You have to remind yourself of this once in a while. When you're doing good, you're like, I'm good with God. When you're doing bad, you're like, I'm distant. That, you've got to overcome that feeling. Because the reality is, if you're not going, doing good, the answer is, you need more of him, right? I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed. What's the answer? You need more of God. Because you, you're not better. You don't get better in yourself. You, we just need more of God. That's what we need. I need more of you to be more like you. And he understands that. It's like, oh, you need more. Yeah, you're right. I need to fill you more so you don't lose your temper. I need to fill you more so you don't give in to that temptation. I need to, you need more of me. You need closer, not further distance doesn't help you behave better separation from god doesn't help you that makes you worse it's the condition we call whether it's a reality or not people experience it being backslidden it's that disconnect something's happened you've gotten disheartened or discouraged and you give up and especially in older churches there people are always walking around backslidden what is that it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a state, you know? It's like, you're not backslidden, you are backslidden. But the reality is, something happened that you got disconnected, then you started to practice being disconnected. Then you started to practice not, not being in the Spirit, not, not fellowshipping with the Lord. He says, you don't, she writes this, you don't have to be living perfectly to receive the Holy Spirit any more than you need to be, needed to be living perfectly to get saved. True. The Holy Spirit himself perfects you little by little. He sanctifies you little by little. He is your helper and wants to help. He can help you more if you are filled with him, Jesus said in Luke 11. 11, 11. And that was the scripture, one of the passages I read out of my text. Psalms 81.10, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. That's really the the practice of praying in tongues. You just, you give that over to him. You just, you just release that to him. Just like a baby's language grows and develops, so will your prayer language grow and develop over time. Remember, we're speaking the Holy Spirit. We're, we are speaking. The Holy Spirit is not speaking. We are speaking and he is giving us utterance. An utterance is a vocal expression of, Power, style, or manner of speaking, according to the Webster's dictionary. So, when you're praying tongues, there's, there's, uh, you're releasing an utterance, a vocal expression, that is power, style, or manner of speaking. There were just one or two more, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna close. The reference to James five sixteen. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Yeah, we know that scripture. Yeah. And she said, the takeaway from that is not all prayers are effective. You go, oh, yeah, I guess so. So what's an effective prayer and what's a non-effective prayer? And some of our own prayers are not effective. (laughs) We pray amiss. We're asking, asking amiss. But when you pray in the Spirit, it's effective because it's perfect. It's good to make these little adjustments so you can trust in it. You've got to trust in it. If you don't trust in it, if you don't trust it makes a difference, you won't do it. If you can pray effectively, that means you can pray ineffectively. Likewise, if you can pray in the Spirit effectively, we can pray in the Spirit ineffectively. I like the Amplified Version. Uh, on this scripture, it says, The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. The word um, for effective means heartfelt and persistent. Other translations use the word earnest, urgent, continual, insistent. So you really know you're... In a role, you're praying in the spirit, and sometimes you really start to connect with it, even though you don't understand with your mind. But your spirit, your spirit does, and and you you can really uh, you can engage in it passionately because you know there's a subject that's on your heart and you're praying for or a person. And I've experienced this many times when I take the time to pray in the spirit about something stuff starts happening, often not that far down the road, like there's, there's a response, there's a reaction, there's, there's, an, there's an effect. He talks about your brain on tongues. <laughs> Dr. Andrew Newberg, a University of Pennsylvania researcher, rela- released studies finding Study findings that prove the reality of Holy Spirit inspired tongues. He did this by monitoring the brain activity of people as they prayed in tongues. Newberg concluded Our heavenly language is not a natural language because the formal lobe, frontal lobe of the brain, where natural language originates, is not activated in brain scans when people are praying in tongues. How about that? Hmm. Dr. Caroline Leaf, a neuroscientist and born-again believer, indicates speaking in tongues increases mental health and emotional stability. She said, when we speak in tongues, the frontal lobe of the brain, which is involved in intentionality, decreases in activity, showing that we are not consciously controlling the process. Newberg told ABC News when they are actually engaged in this whole very intense... I'll interject this this is the attraction to watching stupid television. Because you don't have to think. That's why we go, this is, this is, I, I don't have to think anymore. I just sit, stare at the television, which was originally the patent. Do you understand the patent for what a television is? It was, it was a brain control. Item, there's a patent number for it. I, sh- I have it written down somewhere. I should tell you that. Like, that's what it was for. It was a monitor that was designed to, yeah, affect you. So, and it does. And we go, Z-Z-Z, you know, we What if I told you you get the same release and rest of your mind, rest in your mind, if you prayed in the spirit more? And just kick back and let it roll. There is an effect on you if you'll do this. It's very powerful. We tend to displace it because there's not always feelings attached to it. We don't have understanding. Newberg told ABC News when they are actually engaged in this whole very intense spiritual practice for them their frontal lobes tend to go down in activity but i think it's very consistent with the kind of experience that they have because they say that they are not in charge it's the voice of god the spirit of god that's moving through them Newberg's study co-author Newberg's study co-author Donna Morgan a born again christian who says She considers the ability to speak in tongues a gift, told the New York Times. You're aware of your surroundings. You're not really out of control, which is true. It's not like zombie-like stuff. But you have no control over what's happening. You're just flowing. You're in the realm of peace and comfort. It's a fantastic feeling. So if you needed science to back up your faith, you have it. You don't have to get into your head about praying in tongues. But know this, it does impact your brain in a positive way, literally renewing your mind. Your brain on tongues <laughs> that's good that's good news i could use that this thing of being so forgetful and you're just, you know and i it's not just me it's you know all my young people around me they're like you're just what is that you're you're think you're doing this you're thinking that you're back there you're here you're whatever you're raising children and and if we could get this peace and sound mind and just live every day at a, every moment just live a moment at a time and be where you are instead of every place else and pray in the spirit this will will be peaceful people you can be busy you can be fruitful that's a good thing fruitfulness is a good thing but we don't have to be this bzzz you know we're like again we're we're kind of bragging like i'm burnt out it's like why would you do that like well you know of course i i have to be no we don't have to do that we don't have to live like that mcfly you know like hello knock knock you don't have to be like that that's that's not normal christianity we we use that excuse all the time but if we just lived a day at a time and took a situation at a time, like, yeah, there's a lot out there to do, but I can only do this right now. And pray in the spirit and, and renew, your, <laughs> renew your mind and, and be impacted by all that he has for us. I'll share more of this in the future. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your infilling of the spirit. Lord, just stir us up with all the benefits there are to praying in the Spirit. That doors are opened. That you make a way before us through the wilderness. We can't hack our way through some of these things, but you don't need us to. You just need us to engage with you. And you will move mountains at a word. You will make the dry places and the rugged places playing before you, and the dry places with water to drink, and refreshment. I just thank you for the fountain of life that's in our body. And I just call for spring forth, oh well, in all of us as a body, as a group, as individuals. And most of all, be filled with the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: As we prepare for communion, I just want to share a few thoughts. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has set eternity in the human heart. In every human soul is a God-given awareness that there is something more. Pastor Rick has been sharing about this more that God has for each one of us. There is more than this transient life and passing world we dwell in. Oh, aren't you glad with all the madness around us that there is more of God to pursue in this life and in the life to come? Jesus at one point said to his followers, No one who has left fathers or mothers or sisters or brothers or lands or houses that shall not gain in this life fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters with persecutions, he had to add that, (laughs) and in the life to come, eternal life. The word eternity is the word olam in Hebrew, translated darkness or eternity, forever or the future. You know, the continuation of that verse in Ecclesiastes says, Yet no one can fathom the beginning from the end. The darkness in Olam is simply the contrast between what we know and can know in our earthly and temporal time here compared to his knowledge and all-knowing power. But through Christ, he has brought us a demonstration of his ability to love. In Romans, we read, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Through Jesus we can grasp a glimpse of God's eternal, glorious nature and why he created the physical place we call Earth and the vastness of the universe that we have only begun to scope out. You know, with the Hubble Telescope and the James Webb Space Telescopes, you know. It is interesting that the more we know about the heavens, the more the astronomers have to admit they don't know if you've got on the the tube and on youtube and, and scoped out some of the stuff that they're confused about it's really amazing such is the human condition so as we humbly acknowledge the cross as we remember his body broken for us his blood of atoning for our sin as often as we take the bread and wine, we remember and reflect on the eternity he has bought, eternity for here and now, Holy Spirit dwelling in us, and in the next time, next life, eternity with him. So let's do this in remembrance of